Good morning. Uh, Alex is going to be talking about words today, and I'm going to uh, do the same thing, but different. Um, <clears throat> words is pretty easy. It's a, it's a beautiful thing because I've been familiar with them my whole life, and everyone else is. It's not something you really have to bring up people up to speed on. Words are everywhere, and in the last few years, words have exploded with the explosion of social media. Now we can talk all the time without even opening our mouths, Facebook, Twitter, etc., right? Like I'm telling people things now that I didn't uh, think about saying three years ago, and I'm telling the masses. I'm at Del Taco. There goes an orange cat. And I like the real involved ones that are like, hey, I love driving down my favorite road with the windows down, listening to my favorite song, singing, and then I'm thinking, and, and you're updating Twitter. Like all that right there, just down the road. Just la 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 It's like, man, that's a talent. Words are everywhere, and we're always just doing it. I'm, uh, I am on Facebook, and I think I'm on the five-year plan, not intentionally, but I just realized I kind of, you know, every now and then put something up there. And I, I have a hard time with it because I've got friends, friends on Facebook that I knew in elementary school, and then some from high school, somebody I might have worked with one summer of my life, some relatives, some distant relatives, some not so distant. And I get up there to update my status, and I'm thinking, what can I say to all these people that's going to make sense to all of them? Because my fifth grade friends, I still see them as fifth graders. So I'm like, they're trying to talk about a mortgage and a kid. I'm like, you're a fifth grader. <laughs> talk to me about He-Man. That's our world. We can talk about recess. That's about it, though. An 11-year-old with a mortgage. <laughs> Get out of here. And then there's parenting, obviously. There's people putting pictures of their kids. And just outside of Facebook, just parenting in general. You know, I see parents, like, using words with their kids. And I'm like, man, that looks like awesome parenting. Like if I'm dropping a, my daughter off at school or if I see a parent at the park and they're like, you know, eye to eye with a little kid, just real gentle, loving, like saying something important. I'm like, that's a lot of pressure. I need to do that. So I call my daughter over. Sweetheart, come over here. Daddy wants to talk to you. Yeah, Dad? Uh, Daddy ran track in high school. Yeah, now, I just want to stay down here for a couple more seconds. I'm going to do this with my hand, and then we're going to go in for a hug, and then you can go on your way. Okay, there we go. Two. And then I look over to the parents. I'm just doing, just doing some parenting. <laughs> they don't parent themselves, do they? I'm just kidding. I know they don't, because I'm a good parent. <laughs> it's crazy. And as a parent, I find myself saying phrases now that I never said before, like string words together that never were part of my vocabulary, like one more bite. I used to never say one more bite. I never had a reason to say one more bite. Dad, can I be excused? One more bite. I don't know if you had seven bites or seven plates of food. Doesn't matter. Wasn't my idea for you to get up, so you can have one more bite. I'm the dad. <laughs> um, there's another. There's another thing. A phrase that's happened recently in my house. This is a true story. Not that the other ones were lies. Um, if you want that gummy bear vitamin you can finish your bacon. And, and then, the end of that, another phrase that's come about as a parent is, or you can go to bed. Oh. Finish your bacon? No. Or you can go to bed? No. Yeah. Isn't that funny, though, how, how nightmares for us as kids would be dreams come true as adults? <laughs> if somebody said, Joel, why don't you eat some bacon and take a nap? <laughs> is it my birthday? <laughs> Are you serious? I can just have some bacon and go to sleep? 
this is great. But no, you're a little kid. It's like the end of the world. So, and also with the word stuff that we're going to be talking, Alex is going to be talking about today. We, we think sometimes before we speak. Or actually, we speak before we think. We do both, but speak before we think. Is when, um, like if you're watching a sports game, whether it be basketball or baseball or any game, you, you're sitting down with friends and you're watching something and you're saying, ah, and somebody makes a horrible play. Ah, he shouldn't have done that. He should have made it. He should have won instead of lost. I would have won. Things like that. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that athlete that was training for 18 years tirelessly for hours um, wasn't like, oh, in that big game, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go to the hoop, and I'm going to hit the bottom of the hoop with the ball, and it's going to slam back down, hit me in the neck. I'm going to fall on the ground, roll around for a little bit, and then get up and go on. That's the plan. Probably wasn't. But when we're sitting on the couch watching, we're like, yeah, he should have he made it, not missed it. That's a good point. Uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll like that note that you give him after the game. Um, another thing is the, the pregnant lady thing. You know, you, you don't ask somebody if they're pregnant, right? I mean, my, my uh, approach now is I wait till they're holding the baby. I said, congratulations, you were pregnant. Yeah, that's good. Not going to slip that one by me. And, and also, if you're traveling, if you've ever traveled, go to the airport and, like, buy a magazine before you get on the plane. And the lady says, have a good flight. And you say, you too. Back around the counter to restock the Mentos. I'm going to taxi out of the gift shop now. See ya. Sorry. Hey. Hey, microphone. Welcome to the stage. No, I'll leave you there. You're good. Um, and the other thing is a song lyrics. You guys ever find yourself singing a song and you're like, what did I just say? What is this song about? Or you just mumbled the lyrics. You never really knew what they were, but they kind of sounded close. Um, there's a song that's been on the radio in the last year. One of the lyrics is, uh, no regrets, which is a good, that's a good goal at the end of the day, right? I I look back at my day and I didn't regret any of it. That's a good thing. And then like two seconds later in the song, it says, dance until we die. I don't know about you, but like off the top of my head, if I danced till I died, that'd be like the top of my regret list. (laughs) And how would that go with my friends talking about me? Now tell me what happened to Joel again. Well, he was dancing. Yeah, I got that part. And he kept dancing. Okay. And then he died. <laughs> what? Why didn't he just stop like two minutes earlier? And he went and died. I don't know. He danced till he died. But was he listening to that song? Yeah. Are you sure that's what the song said? Yeah, he loved that song. He said, no regrets and dance till he died. And that's what happened. Are you kidding? Yeah. I don't know. And it doesn't get better with kids' songs. Hush, little baby. Don't say a word because what's mama going to do? She's going to buy you a mockingbird. It's a great cure. So what I'm figuring out here is there's maybe a baby that's loud or screaming or crying. And so if that baby hushes, it gets rewarded with a mockingbird. And from what I understand about mockingbirds, its job in life is to mimic sounds that it hears. So let's say you get that bird home and the baby decides to cry again. Now you've got it in a stereo. Way to go with the mockingbird. And then let's say you get beyond all those hurdles. You have, you have money in your budget for mockingbird? Okay, yeah, the answer is yeah. Okay, we're over that hurdle. Where are you going to get a mockingbird? You go to PetSmart, to the mockingbird aisle, find a line of strollers. Hey, you're here too? Yeah, your baby hushed? Yeah, our baby hushed too. I know. And then, if the mockingbird doesn't sing, which to me would be a good thing, you're going to get the baby a diamond ring now. I don't know, guys, but if you come home, your wife comes home actually and finds that you've given your baby a diamond ring, how's that going to go over? 
You just look at her and say, the mockingbird wouldn't sing, baby. I'm sorry. (laughs) Diamond ring here. Oh, that, okay, I'm going to give the mic the stage back. That's my time anyway. Alex is going to come up and talk about words. Thanks. Let's pray. And uh, <laughs> I thought during first service, I thought, how do, I, you know, how do you follow up a stand-up comedian there? Uh, so I'm not going to tell all the jokes. But uh, Joel, uh, in, in a funny way, really did communicate a lot of truth uh, that, a lot of times we say things that when you really think about it, you think, what, what does that mean? And you, you really, through the stories he's saying, you, you see those impacts and you've experienced that. Uh, the next two weeks, we're going to really look at how our words really do impact uh, our life and how they impact the lives of those that we relate to. And a lot of times we know that, yeah, our, okay, our words, they, they impact people and we think about that, but rarely do we think through that truth before we open our mouth. Isn't that true? A lot of times I say things, the mouth opened, and I think, why did I say that? What was I thinking? You ever have those moments? Is that just me? Okay, good. This would be a really short message. All right, I'm going to go get counseling now. (laughs) There's a a few phrases to to kind of build on what Joel was saying. Another phrase that I learned as a kid that now thinking was like an absolute false statement. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You guys remember that as a kid? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's actually not true, because one, I think sticks and stones will break your bones, and second, words hurt. But you know, you said that as kind of a kid to... Your words will never hurt me. And then you turn around, go home, just sobbing. Not experience that. You just want to tell people that didn't hurt. And inside, you're just crushed. But that's really the power of our words. They can crush. They can bless. They can help. They can hurt. Depending on what we say, how we say it, what we think about, what we don't think about before we open, these things called our mouths, our our lives have a certain impact to them, and words are directly tied to it. Just like Joel mentioned, with with social media and the different opportunities that we have, there's really never a moment where you don't need to use your words. Or you're driving now, and they've developed laws, so we're going to just make it really easy for you to drive and talk. Here's a Bluetooth. I mean, there's like not a part where you think, well, how about I don't buy Bluetooth and not talk while I drive? Well, that... Well, that's not American. We talk all the time. Isn't that true? I mean, with cell phones now, I mean, think about like when I was a kid, I think about this, like when I was lost in the mall as a kid, I was like, well, I, I hope I'll get home eventually. I mean, nowadays it's like you could send a text to the mall director who will Facebook your mom who will come back to find you. And technology now, it's just words, 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 and it's, we're all connected. Text, uh, instant message, cell phones. There's always a time in which we can communicate with people. Convenient. But think about if our words really do make an impact, how many more opportunities we have to to do so in a way that could really hurt people, that could hurt us. And we're going to look into the scriptures. And what, what does God say about our words? How do we use our speech 
the way that we communicate, how do we actually use that to be a benefit to those in our lives, to be a benefit for ourselves? So we're going to read through some Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs are some wisdom. And we'll find out what, what does God say about the way that we communicate, what we need to think about, things like that. And then we're going to dig, dig into where do these words come from? And then what do we do to, to fix it when maybe what we say isn't what we should say? So if you have your outline, I encourage you to follow along or you can just listen. There's some blanks in there that you can fill in that you'll see uh, on the screens. The first point I want to make is uh, words can do great harm or they can bring amazing benefits. And Proverbs 18.21 speaks this truth plainly. The tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. I know in my own life, I'm not thinking when I open my mouth, I'm not thinking about life or death. I'm thinking, I just have something really important I need to say. And people need to listen. Well, according to this proverb, it's not just you have things you need to say. It's when you say things, you have power to give life or take life from people by what you say. So these proverbs are saying, you know, stop, think before you speak. All of us are from a kind of a different, different area in our speech. Uh, you may be a venter. I like venting. Venting is one of those things where you just you say whatever is on your mind. And it, you, you kind of put it into the category as I'm venting. And you just open your mouth and just flow and gush. Wow, you really feel that way. I'm venting. I'm just getting it off my chest. Venting feels really good. But there's not really a category in which you can just kind of blanket venting so everything you say is okay. It's kind of like the phrase, just kidding. Are you one of those people? That's what I grew up with. You know, you be with your friends and you tell them what's going on. Just kidding. And then they're thinking, then why did you say that? And that took a lot of thought to come up with what you just said. How are you kidding? Well, that seemed awfully true to something that I really did. Or maybe you're sarcastic. This is another camp that I, I've grown up with. Really? Really? Okay, was that really, like really, really, or the opposite of really? Yeah, right. Is that like, yeah, right, or not, yeah, right, like wrong? But we all have different strategies. We may be venters, sarcastic, gushers, cutters, kidders. We all have different strategies in which we communicate. And the scriptures say you, you have to know that these things make an impact on life. There's one main question that I want to answer today related to our communication. How do we harness the tongue and use its power rightly? If it, is, it has the power to give life or death, how do we use that power rightly? How do we harness the tongue? I want to read a paraphrase from the book of James through the message. And uh, this is written by Eugene Peterson, and he basically has put kind of his spin on the scriptures in today's language. And if you've never read James in a translation, I encourage you to do that. But this gives kind of just this a certain shade of the meaning that I think helps, um, gives kind of the impact of our, our speech. Uh, follow along. It says, we get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. 
A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in smoke with it, smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God, our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth? My friends, this can't go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a, get a cup of clear, cool water, are you? There's so many questions that are brought up in this, in this passage. And the questions bring a truth. Well, yeah, of course not, of course not, of course not. But it's really answering part of the question of why do you say what you say? And we're going to answer this question a little bit later. But like I mentioned earlier, there's so many times when we say things where we think, why did I say that? What was I thinking? And you just, oh, it did it again. My mouth opened and these words flew out. And now I'm left with the ruins. And this passage is talking about it. You cannot tame the tongue. It's something that you're going to deal with the rest of your life. So it's very important we have a grip of what do we do? What kind of a filter do we apply? How can God help us? And the descriptions, this idea of it's a wild, it's like a wild beast. Or it's like a spark that starts a fire. The scripture is saying this, this thing called speech, this thing called your communication with people. It's not just a casual topic. This is crucial to your growth and to your impact in life. And God wants to provide help. And we're going to dig into that a little bit later. So they cannot be tamed, but we, all we can do is hope to harness, harness this great power. I want to dig in a little bit to further impact of our speech. Uh, our words can shape our future. Not just something that's just connected to here and now. Another phrase that people use a lot, just saying. You may be guilty of that. I know I am, but it's kind of like, well, I'm just saying. You kind of say that when you've said whatever you want. And you just want to let people, well, I just, just saying. Just want to get that off my chest. But there's not really a time when you look at scripture where there's a phrase where it's just, just saying and everything's okay. Just saying, those words didn't really mean anything. They matter. What we say matters. And if you're like me, you're thinking, uh-oh, I will not talk the rest of my life. But they shape our future. They bring us reward or poverty. Uh, from the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. You ever applied for a job and one of the requirements is, you have a rain on your speech? Anyone? Or have you ever put your strengths, I try not to open my mouth too much. Or things you need to work on, I talk a lot. We don't really think of communication as something that would help us 
in a job situation. Help us with success. This proverb saying that the fruit of your lips, what you say will greatly impact the impact that you have. Reward or poverty. Also brings protection or trouble. Proverbs 14.3. A fool's proud talk becomes a rod that beats him. But the words of the wise keep them safe. You ever read a proverb and you like, I've lived that. I have got beaten with a stick many times upside my head by the words that I've said. I could give you many examples. I'll give you one. I was in high school. I was in math class. Math was always one of those just subjects that never made sense to me. And part of the problem was I never really wanted to know how things worked. I just wanted the answer. I'm one of those math guys. I don't want to know. Just give me the answer. A, B, C, or D. And I want my grade to be an A. I had a class, and it was kind of group learning. So you, had a, you were at a table with a group of four people. And before you could ask the teacher a question, you had to talk to your group members. So you asked one group member to explain if they couldn't. You went to the next group member, so on and so forth. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to go right to the teacher. So I go to the teacher, Mr. Barsati. Mr. Barsati, I have no clue what this is. What am I supposed to do? And he said, have you talked to your group members? That was the, those are the rules. Have you talked to your group members? And all of a sudden... I open my mouth without thinking, which is usually the case that gets me in trouble. And I said, well, I mean, aren't you paid to be the teacher? <laughs> you have those moments where you said it and then you're like, this is a dream. I'm going to wake up. And I didn't say that. Oh, <laughs> and it was right at that moment I thought. That was really dumb. And anytime a teacher calls you by your last name with nothing else, Barrett, you blew it. I just walked. He says, step outside. He wasn't going to fight me. He was going to talk to me. But step outside. Stick. (laughs) Beating myself upside the head. I realized I was embarrassed. I looked foolish. In front of the whole class, I I said that to my teacher. I disrespectful. And outside... What, what were you thinking? I, I wasn't, Mr. Farsadi. I just said it. I've had numerous times where, you know, all of a sudden you're flowing in the conversation, you say something, you're like, uh-oh, stick, beat, head, now. I've lived this proverb. You can get in a lot of trouble by what you say. Our words impact others. Uh, they can refresh and heal or they can wound. Proverbs 16:24 Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. You ever had someone in your life that you're like, "Man, that person is an encourager." They come alongside you and by the things that they tell you, they give hope. The proverb saying is that these people, it's like sweet. It's it's healing to the bones. The picture there, it's like medicine. People who say things to you that are uplifting, that encourage you, that speak the truth to you about what's really going on, that's like medicine for your body. There's no just saying. The words are thought out. And then Proverbs 16.27 gives the opposite picture. A worthless man devises and digs up mischief. And in his lips there is a scorching fire. You see that imagery again? The scorching fire. A perverse man sows strife, 
And a whisperer separates close friends. A whisperer. In our world, that's called a gossip. How many of our school experiences can we look back at conflict and and see the core of it was gossip? Somebody said something about somebody. They didn't like it. They said something about somebody else. And boom, the fire. There's a whole part of us where we, something's got us. Something has just ticked us off. I don't know why they did that, but I'm not going to talk to them about it. I'm going to talk to him. And he's going to tell me why I'm right, why that person's wrong. And then that person's going to talk to that person, that person, and then it's going to go around. And that's this picture. Separates close friends. When you think about speech, think about the last conflict that you had. Time when your family where it just, there's an argument, disagreement. When, when I was growing up, my parents didn't argue, they disagreed. So argument, disagreement, whichever you grew up with, or conflict, or just like funky tension in a relationship, isn't it usually tied to what somebody said? Usually always is. Conflict is rooted in what was said. How it landed with somebody. Somebody was hurt. Somebody said hurtful things. It's true. We experience this in our life. We have to be careful. Our speech can also help others learn to handle life God's way. Proverbs fifteen seven, uh, The lips of the wise spread knowledge, not so the hearts of fools. See, when you dig into the Proverbs, which are how to live wisely, proverb after proverb after proverb is always tied to speech. You find it again and again. If you've never read the book of Proverbs, you could do so just by looking at how could it help me in my communication. You'll find so much knowledge. What it's saying here is the lips of the wise spread knowledge. The person who is wise speaks wise. You can't be wise And not have a rain on your tongue. You can't impact people, make a difference in people, grow if you haven't harnessed your tongue. This is the truth of the scriptures. The lips of the wise, they spread knowledge. And I like the second part. Not so the hearts of fools. What a great phrase, not so. Basically, You may have good intentions, you may not have good intentions. But if you're just wanting to gush or kid or say whatever's on your mind, not so. Your impact will be very minimal. And the impact that you do have won't really help because it's the lips of the wise that spread knowledge. So if I were to ask you guys to take a survey on which one of those you want, uh, refreshment, healing, or poverty, or to help people, or to hurt people, which one would you choose? All of us unanimously would choose, we want the positive. We want the blessing. And I know for me, I don't tie that to when I actually communicate. And that's what God wants us to do. Connect what we really want to what we need to do differently. So there's good news, bad news. The good news is, like I mentioned, God wants to to help us all specifically with this area of how we communicate, how we use our words. The bad news is, it's not just about opening your mouth. It's more. There's more deeper 
There's something inside of us that causes us to say what we say. It's not like this stuff just appears and flows out of our mouth and we think, where does that come from? We actually have to work through it. We have to dig deeper and figure out, why did I say what I said? And so let's turn the corner and we'll talk a little bit about that. First off, words flow from the heart. If you want to know why you said something, because it's in your heart. That's the truth. You said it because it's in there. We have to come to grips with that. Jesus was dealing with this same issue a couple thousand years ago, and he was dealing with some religious leaders who were basically saying, it doesn't really matter what's in the inside as long as the outside is okay. And many of us struggle with that. We all do. There's this thing of as long as we appear good, we, we are good. As long as we try to look like we have it together, we have it together. Well, Jesus hits this head on. It's not about what's on the outside. It's about what's on the inside. And he speaks truthfully and plainly to them. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. The picture here of stored up is like a treasure. Each of us store treasures in our hearts of what's important to us. What Jesus is saying here is some of it's good and some of it's bad. And when you open up your mouth, some of it's good and some of it's bad. We say what we say because it's in our heart. That's the reality. What are those three drives? I'm going to talk about three drives in our heart, and you've got them on your outline. Three things that we have to deal with if we want to change our speech, if we want to delete what we say. Uh, the first off is uh, selfishness. Each one of us has this, something that we have to deal with. We can't deal with our speech unless we deal with the selfishness in our heart. And this is the stubbornness to get what we want. You see this in young kids, and because of sin, we're all born with this. this. I want what I want. You have it. I want it. I want to look to myself. I want to put myself above you. There's a drive in us. As parents, we want to help our kids get over themselves. And over time, you become, with the right training, less selfish as you walk with God. But all of this, it's stored up in our hearts, just the selfishness to get what we want. So when we speak, we speak selfishly. I know that gets me into trouble. The reason I said it is because, well, it seems like I'm the only one thinking about this world I'm trying to create here. There's other two, uh, arrogance and hurt. We're going to talk about this a little bit more in depth next week. The arrogance and hurtfulness that we have in our heart This is something we deal with the rest of our lives. The reason we can't fully tame the tongue is because we can't fully tame our heart. Arrogance and hurt is something we're going to deal with the rest of our lives. So our speech is going to reflect that the rest of our lives as well. But as you walk with God and you tap into his resources and his power, you can change. This is the hope that we have in Christ, in Christ alone. There's certain things that we're going to deal with, but he comes alongside us to help us. 
Help us speak differently. But then underneath the service, to, to, to think differently, to believe differently. And he changes us from the inside out. And then our speech and our communication changes as well. But all of us, arrogance, we, we, just, we think highly of ourselves. We have goals that we want met. And hurtfulness, because of the goals I have and because of what I want, don't get in my way. Because if you get in my way, I may not want to hurt you, but I will. Because my goals are very important. I don't know about you, I don't think about that before I speak. I just let it flow. And then think, oh, why did I do that? Stick, beat, stick, beat. This is what's going on. This stuff is in my heart. This stuff is in your heart. So how does God help us remedy the situation? To harness your words, you must walk in the Spirit. This is the hope for the Christ follower. We're not left alone to try to get better, think differently by ourselves. We actually have God himself working in our corner through the Holy Spirit to help us. Galatians 5 says this, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. We do this with our words. Second half says, so I say live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful natures. Those desires, that's the selfishness, the hurt, the arrogance. Living by the Spirit is the opposite of that. You can only do that through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where the help comes from. Maybe you've never committed your life to Christ and you don't have that power. You can make that decision today. Or maybe you you followed Christ a long time ago, but you realize you've not really been walking in the Spirit. And when I talk about walking in the Spirit, it's really a step-by-step. As you're you're dealing with these issues, you're, you're dealing it before God. You're not in an empty vacuum living your life. Uh, there's a, a brochure in your, in your program I want you to pull out right now. I'm not going to really go over that, but it's a resource for you. It's Walking in the Holy Spirit. This is written by Harold Bullock, who has provided a lot of resources for our church. And Randy was trained there and some other men got some training there. And we partner with them in ministry. And he's provided this resource as just a practical look at what does it mean to walk in the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to tap into the resources God has given us? And so use that booklet as just kind of a picture of what this means. With speech, it looks like this. You say something. Right when you say it, you think, man, that was not right. It was something arrogant. What the Holy Spirit does, he points to that. And in your conscience and in your sense, you realize, man, I was, I was really selfish when I said that. What the Holy Spirit does, he's he's in your inner conscience saying, you need need to make that right. You need to make that right. So a short account with God, you you confess it. God, what I just said was was arrogant. I was looking to my own interests, and I hurt that person. Will you forgive me? And you confess it. Right when it comes to mind, you confess it. And then you make it right with the person that you offended. That's part of what it means to walk in the Spirit. There's a short account. As you're walking, you're confessing. As you're walking, you're confessing. That brochure talks a little bit more about that in depth, but that's the idea with the speech. We say so many things where we're, oh, why did I say that? Why did I say that? Uh, and instead of wallowing and just beating ourselves up, you confess it to God and you walk back in the Spirit. 
and you make it right. This is the power we have. And then what what you find is as you walk with God over time, you actually put the filter there before you say it. What a novel thought. Closing your mouth so the words can't come out. I don't know about you, but that would save me a lot. That's what the Holy Spirit does as well. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. And then you have that choice. Okay, okay. But I really want to say it because I think it's really important. And I don't think anyone's ever thought of this. But you realize, okay, I don't, I don't have to say everything that comes into my head. That's flown from my heart. And you apply filters. The Holy Spirit helps you with that. So I encourage you, take, take just kind of a, a really quick overview of yourself. What, where are the areas in your speech that get you into trouble? Are there certain patterns that you have in the way you communicate that you've seen just, ah, I've caused a lot of conflict here. I've experienced a lot of pain here because of what I've said. Identify that. Ask God to help you in that specific area. Take just an overview. Look at where you're at. Take a survey. Within yourself, ask God to show you. There's some other next steps that you can take as well. Uh, The first is uh, identify a recent time where your words created trouble for you. This is part of the surveying I'm talking about. Consider the impact and ask God to show you what this reveals about your heart. We don't take time to do this a lot, but it's a great exercise. Okay, I said this. This is what happened. Then the second question is, why did I say it? Uh, Second, write out James 3, 2 through 12 and put it somewhere where you'll be reminded of the truth. Jot down that scripture, which has so much power to it, and put it somewhere where you're going to see it. Just to remind, okay, God, help me to use my words in a way that will be a blessing to others. Or help me to just to close my mouth more. Uh, Three, memorize a proverb from today's message. I think there was six or eight proverbs on there. Pick one that spoke to you and, and memorize it this week. And the last two, which I mentioned earlier, uh, you can attend the Child Dedication Overview or CIV Preview. You can RSVP on your connection card. And uh, after I'm done praying, the band's uh, playing, uh, the offering will come by. You can drop that connection card in there with the next steps you'd like to take. Let's pray together. God, we, we do thank you for the help that you give us. And we thank you for coming alongside us and through the Holy Spirit you really do give us a new reflex and we're going to blow it so many times with our words but you really do change us from the inside out and so we we know that we within ourselves and by ourselves can't really get a handle of our speech but with you we actually can change and so we look to you God for our help And we do know that you want to change us completely and allow us to be a blessing to others as well. So we ask for your help in this. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen.